Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John. How's it going, Ronaldo? <laughs> That's my middle name. How's it going, Ronaldo? How's it going? How's it going, Ronaldo? <laughs> or is that your way of introducing me and asking me a question at the same time? <laughs> you know, I'm all about efficient communication. And so if I can combine a question with a greeting, there you go. So, wow, that's well done. I have never, never experienced that type of greeting. I'm doing well. Uh, life is kicking here. And uh, I've just been excited about the, these last few episodes that we've been releasing, you know, talking about you know, post post COVID recovery plan, digital church and parish councils and things like that. I just think we're having some good conversations. Uh, and and I really, we really appreciate it when you as our listeners, if you give us some feedback or thoughts or topics that you want to talk about, you know, shoot them our way. You know, Chris and I have plenty of things that we always want to talk about, but we want to make sure that we are doing podcast episodes that are really meeting your needs. So if you've got topic recommendations, send them our way. Questions at the churchpodcast.org. Chris, I thought we'd start with that instead of end with that like we usually do. But yeah, send us your topics. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And we, we can end with that as well, probably. I mean, I'm just so conditioned to do that. Yeah, that, that you are. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, anytime you guys have topics that you want to talk about, just feel free to uh, shoot them our way. Questions at thechurchpodcast.org or you can leave a comment on the website at thechurchpodcast.org. But we feel... Uh, one of the big topics that do need to be talked about is communication because, um, you know, whether you're facing a pandemic or just transition or getting ready for the fall, uh, communication is key. Um, and I have to say, like, when you look at organizations with good communication, with, with quality communication, uh, they're the ones that are effective getting stuff done and doing amazing things because everyone is on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's basically what we're going to tackle. And uh, John and I will share some experience of good communication as well as some bad communication. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think we're going to talk a lot more about the internal communication between staff, right? And how we work together as a staff. We could certainly do some external conversations for another podcast episode. But Chris, what's intriguing to me about this topic when you kind of brought it up and suggested it was the reality that every parish I coach this is the topic of conversation. How do we break down silos, right? How do we communicating to know what events are happening, how we're working together as opposed to everybody just kind of doing their own thing. And when everybody does their own thing, they get surprised by this, that, or the other, and then conflict happens and y'all hate each other. And then the, the trust in the culture of your staff, I'm being extreme here, but it erodes, right? You know, and, and not that these are simple fixes per se, but the reality is all of this, all of that tension, all that lack of communication, the silos, the conflict can really be mitigated against by having a, a, a few strategies that are going to help us really navigate that. So that's what we're going to spend some time talking about. And Chris, you've got a real life experience, you know, with this, you know, and you may or may not want to share the details about it. But the reality is this is hitting home for you right now. And quite honestly, it's probably hitting home for most people who are listening to the podcast, like this is a very real issue. How do we communicate? How do we get everybody on the same page as a staff? So yeah, thanks for bringing this up, Chris. I'm excited about this topic. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I have no problem bringing up my life drama to this podcast and I just appreciate <laughs> people's leadership, uh, li- listenership. No, but I mean, we're in a time of transition and, and we're not just talking about like what's going on in the world. I mean, it's the fall, right? And Usually at this time of year, uh, catechetical Sundays kicking off, 
programs, faith formation programs are kicking off. Um, you know, whether people like to admit it or not, right. We're starting to talk about Christmas, you know, and uh, like what to do for Christmas. And, and that's actually even a bigger question at this time. Right. So, um, you know, whenever you're in a time of transition or change, communication is so important. And if you're wondering when are those times of transition and change, here's the thing every single week, every single week, there's change and transition going on. And uh, John kind of alluded to this before, one of the worst feelings that you can experience, whether you are the pastor, uh, a supervisor or an employee is when you're kind of the last one to know, right? So John, I'm sure uh, uh, you've been in that situation where something gets communicated um, in a bulletin or a um, during the, uh, pulpit announcement and, uh, you know, Rosie turns to you and is like, Oh, I didn't know that was going on. And you're like, neither did I. So, uh, um, has that ever happened to you guys? No, never. That's never happened to us. No, absolutely. It happens. Let's, let's just accept that, that, that those realities happen. Like things come up and, and things fall through the crack, you know? And so part of the question is how do we stop things falling from the crack? Uh, but yeah, no, that's absolutely happened many, many times. Uh, uh, I'm sure I could share lots of stories, but then we won't get to the actionable items uh, for our conversation today. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and let me clarify too, th this happens at all different sorts of organizations. In fact, um, uh, I'll never forget, I, I was talking to someone who used to work for Rick Warren, you know, at uh, Salback Church and, you know, purpose-driven youth, uh, purpose-driven church, purpose-driven life, big time pastor, totally organized, but they had someone on staff who keenly listened to all of his messages and sermons because there would be times where he would drop in something that the church was doing that no one else on staff had it was just the holy spirit inspired him at that point to like proclaim that that's what they were doing and so um there are times where the holy spirit will intervene in your pastor's head or whoever's putting the bulletin together so i mean it it, it just happens and so uh the first thing is I think for everyone to have good communication, we have to be flexible. We have to be flexible that life does happen and miscommunications will happen. Um, and that's linked to another thing where we can't take it personal, right? Um, and, and I'm probably saying that more to myself, John, than, than to our listeners, right? Like there are so many times where I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. Why did they leave me out of it, right? As if the conspiracy was, everyone was like, all right, guys, we got to communicate this to the whole parish, except do not tell Chris Wesley until it's too late, you know? Like, no one operates, uh, hopefully no one operates that way. So don't know that miscommunication happens, and it does, do not take it personally, because when you do take it personally, it's going to be hard to move forward in that regards. All right. Absolutely. Assume positive intent. That's a line I've used for years. I, I need to keep reminding myself of that. Like usually there's no negative intent that's implied when something like that falls to the cracks. So right. Assume positive intent. Like it was just a gap, you know, that fell through and that's fine. And that happened. So, but Chris, how do we stop the lack of communication or things fall to the crack? How do we stop that from happening? How do we get more on the same page as a staff? Yeah, so the first thing is understanding the flow of the week or the schedule of the week, right? So, I mean, like, no one ever um, shows up at a church and is like, oh, my gosh, I'm surprised we have a 930 Sunday mass, you know, like, because we know that we have that every single Sunday, right, is Sunday at 930, right? Well, there are other things that are, should be a part of that calendar and that schedule. So one of the first things that I think a team can do 
um, in regards to internal communication is looking at the flow and the schedule of the church. So if you have a messy calendar, if you have an, um, and, and I'm talking about an internal calendar, not necessarily what appears on the website or in your bulletin, um, although the, those should be organized as well, but everyone in your staff should have a kind of a clue of when the key big events are happening. And, and so I would loop uh, not just your Sunday weekend liturgy or your liturgies with that, but I would also include, um, you know, your catechetical programs uh, from RCIA to, you know, uh, youth ministry and children's ministry. Um, and, uh, and in addition to that, and this is where it gets kind of a little bit swishy, is a good idea of what the staff schedule looks like, right? Now, I'm not a huge, I love flexible work schedules. I'm not a huge fan of like the clock in, clock out, punch in, punch out, like nine to five sort of realm with the church. I just don't think that's realistic, but there should be a sense of, I know that our pastor doesn't work on Wednesdays. So um, if I have an emergency or a need then, and it appears on Wednesday, then I'm just going to have to wait unless it's the sky is falling. Or I know that the DRE is off on Fridays and Saturdays. Therefore, I'm not going to disrupt him or her because I know that 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 that's their time off. So I think uh, step number one is understanding the flow and the schedule of your church and your church staff. Yeah, that's really helpful to know. One one church I'm working with, they they just changed all their staff schedule. Everybody, with the exception of a, just a couple people, are now work Sunday through Thursday, and almost everybody's got Friday and Saturday off, uh, with with a couple minor exceptions. The principal, of course, is Monday through Friday, right? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> but that has been really helpful because then we know everybody's in the office at the same time, and and that may not work for everybody. I'm not suggesting that, but the point is, it, there's a lot of clarity around that, and 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 for them. That's connected to wanting to be present on Sunday. They want everybody present on Sunday when that's the bulk of the people that you connect with are there on Sunday. And so, but I think that makes sense, right? What days are people working? Even I'm trying to, to be aware of that with, with different clients that I'm working with, right? You know, in terms of when, what days the pastor off, what days the DRE off, you know, things like that. So we could try to schedule things in a way that that's convenient to everybody. But I think that's important to know. And I think that's a real basic place to start, Chris. Thanks for that. Definitely, definitely. And then um, going from there, I think it's looking at your meeting schedules too. Um, hopefully your parish staff does have regular meetings. Um, you know, we've talked about that before uh, here on the podcast, what types of meetings we recommend and everything. Um, you know, whether there's a weekly st staff meeting that's all call or not um, is another thing. But, you know, one of the big things that needs to happen is a cascade of information. So if there's a leadership team meeting, um, someone hopefully is taking minutes at that meeting. Um, and if there's information that develops at that meeting, there should be one of the things that you conclude that meeting with is saying, okay, what part of this, uh, this meeting, what of this information needs to be cascaded to the rest of the staff, right? Because, you know, it's one thing if like, John, you're the, um, you know, the youth minister and I'm, you know, the, uh, the pastoral nurse or something like that. And, and you're planning a meeting for your leaders. I don't need to necessarily know about that. Um, unless <clears throat> there's a room conflict, but, but really like if there's something where the pastor's like, all right, you know what, in four weeks, it's our stewardship weekend. We want that to be a staff all call and everything like that. Then that needs to be cascaded through the organization. And that can be done in a, var a variety of ways. And I think it actually should be done in a numerous amount of ways. One um, an email should be sent out from whoever's, you know, doing the minutes or even if it's the pastor himself saying like, hey, 
you know, management team or leadership team met, this is everything that's going on this week, you know, in, in the parish. Um, and then anyone who's a team leader, right? If you're director of a certain ministry and you oversee other staff, you need to echo that and repeat that at your team meeting saying, hey, did you get the pastor's notes? Did you get the meeting notes? Um, if you have questions, let's clarify that. But just a reminder, you know, Stewardship Weekend is coming up in a couple of weeks. It's an all staff, all call. Make sure you're here at nine and everything like that. Um, and uh, and then, you know, I, I've one thing that worked at Nativity that I actually liked too is there was a check-in meeting a little bit later in the week, like 15 minute check-in meeting where um, our director of operations basically went through a quick um, list of things just to remind people, hey, this weekend we've got, you know, religious ed for the kids. We've got youth ministry for the teens. Uh, this weekend at mass, Father White's going to talk about X, Y, or Z. Um, you know, just make sure you remind ministers to park off-site, you know, things like that. And so um, having those, that form of communication, um, that cascading of information was so helpful um, just preparing for the weekend. And some people might be listening and saying, that sounds like overkill. It wasn't because, you know, in, in a point you can't, I know some people have pushed back on this statement. I really don't think you can over communicate um, what is going on within the staff, especially if it's consistent. You cannot over communicate consistent um, objectives and tasks. Yeah, I think you're making a, a really valid point in terms of what, what to ask at the end of a staff meeting. Okay, you know, here, here's what we're talking about. Here are the decisions. What needs to be communicated to everybody, right? Now, most, parent, most people listening to this, when they have a staff meeting, all the staff are almost automatically included, right? But in terms of the cascading, you know, who else are like the volunteers that need to know and things like that? I think that's a really great question. And of course, Chris, this assumes that everybody does weekly staff meetings. Now, maybe we should have backed up and said, if you're not doing weekly staff meetings, then probably this, that's the place to start, you know, in terms of effective communication, because I think you really need a weekly staff meeting, you know, and, and just have a set time scheduled each week. And, and I'll, I'll link back to a couple episodes that we've done on staff meetings, how to run them well and agendas and things like that as a, as a reminder to that. But, but I think that's probably a big assumption that people are having weekly staff meetings, but it should be a standard. I think that's important. And I don't think it matters the size of your parish, whether you have a large parish or a small parish, you know, that the content, the agenda is going to be different probably, but, but you need that set time that you're going to be in communication together with each other. Well, if you're going to do those parish staff meetings, again, um, how, like how you run that meeting does depend on the size of that staff. You know, one of the things that I've seen, and this goes back to communication that gets really clunky, is parish staffs that feel like every, it's an all-call staff meeting, right? Which there's a purpose to those. But every single item on the agenda gets discussed, debated, and like fleshed out. And really, that's not the purpose of a staff meeting. Um, and, and this pertains to communication, but really like, um, you know, going back to John's point, like if you don't have any staff meetings going on, there's no internal communication, then, you know, that that's going to lead to part of the problem. And if you're concerned that like, say you have a staff size of 20 people or 30 people or, or something like that, you know, um, th there are ways to break down those teams, you know, have a leadership team um, and then, you know, break up into different departments. And what happens in that leadership team is those leaders are liaisons where they're passing information up from their teams to the, uh, to, to everyone on leadership and then people on leadership are then therefore cascading that information back down to their teams as well. And, and so, um, 
even if you don't want to have that weekly, a weekly all staff all call meeting, there should be regular meetings going on amongst teams or departments um, throughout the parish in that regards. Yeah, absolutely agree. Chris, I'm going to throw this in. One of the strategies that, that I have found really helpful, and, and I share it because it comes natural to me. It's something that I do, uh, but it's not necessarily natural to everybody, but I think it's important. One of the ways that I've always found to help with my communication with fellow staff members is I, I do what uh, one leadership expert called walking the hall slowly, right? So what do I mean by that? I always took time to get out of my, my office, whatever I was working on, and just connect with different staff members. No agenda, no set meeting, right? But just kind of walking the, the facilities, you know, checking in with the DRE, checking in with the business manager, checking in with the pastor, as simple as just to say, hi, you know, what's up? And so I find that to be really, really valuable. Walk the hall slowly and just check in. And, and, and you know, for me, again, I can only sit at a desk for so long. So I found myself naturally kind of getting up and doing that. But for those of you who might be more of an introvert or don't think about that as much, schedule time a couple times a week. Put on the calendar where you're just going to, you know, get up and walk around, you know, your, your, your church office building or the parish grounds or wherever and just check in with folks. And again, not to be a distraction, but just to see what's going on. And, and you don't need to talk to everybody during that time, but whoever you kind of run into and just, you know, you know, chat, shoot, shoot the breeze and, and see what comes of that. And I have found that to be a really valuable, valuable tool for me outside of those formal settings of creating those informal opportunities. Well, and I would add to that, eat lunch together, you know, like even if you don't feel like, or maybe you're a little too afraid to, you know, walk the hall and, and, and disrupt people or anything like that, which I, I think is a great idea, but that's where you invite someone, like when you're going to grab lunch, just say, hey, you want to eat lunch with me? Um, you know, and, and, and use that time to, to catch up and, and check in uh, with what's going on in, in, their, um, in their arena, in their ministry, especially um, check in with people who might, you might not have regular interaction with, right? Someone in a totally different department. Because one, not only is it good for them to hear what you're doing, but when you take the time to listen to what they're doing, they're going to value your opinion and your thoughts a little bit more. They're going to see that you're considering uh, their ministry as something important. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. And maybe it's because I'm an extrovert, but like I, I'm a huge fan of that. And, and that's one thing that's kind of lacking with having the um, these virtual or telecommuting offices. Um, and John, I'm sure you can speak to that more where sometimes you have to be more intentional, pick up the phone call people and just say, Hey, what are you working on? How's it going? Um, in that regards as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. You know, you, it's amazing how many of the world's problems you can solve while eating lunch together. Like mm -hmm. I just, some of the fun conversations I had in lunch with fellow staff members, like we solved every problem of the world and the church, you know, uh, 30 minutes of eating lunch together. So there's just mm -hmm. something about that, that I think is really important, but it is, it's about it. Ultimately, it still comes down to relationship building. And you know what? You know, for the, a lot of you who are listening to this episode uh, are, are in pastoral ministry. So we got faith formation, we got youth ministry, we got pastors, you know, things like that. Don't leave out administrative folks when it comes to this type of stuff. What do I mean by that? You know, one of the greatest conversations that you can have is connecting with your maintenance and facilities staff. 
you know, yeah. and, and I did that a lot. I was very intentional about that. I always knew where the guys were, you know, uh, when I was walking around the church campus, you know, and, and just connect with them, even just a simple say hello. Like, uh, I'm still convinced that that as someone in ministry, the two people that you need to win over is always your facility staff and your front office staff. Like, no, yes. not the pastor, not the director of faith formation, not the high donors, right? It's those two. It's amazing how much easier your life is as a minister if you win over those two groups of people. And it's as simple as, again, walking the hall slowly or eating lunch together. And again, those two things do a lot to break down any sort of miscommunication that might come up. Well, and that's because they're, they're your front line, right? They're your front line. People are coming in and, you know, I like, it's funny when I was at Nativity, we really didn't have um, a front door like admin staff, but at St. Joseph where I am, we, we do. And, and one thing I had to learn was to let them know like, hey, uh, registration just opened up for faith formation, right? Or we're going to be launching camp registrations at this date, or if people have questions, you know, here's an FAQ that you can answer instead of having to forward that to me um, in that regards. And and then here's another thing. When I go out for lunch or a meeting, like I check in with the front staff just so that they're not like trying to contact my phone or they know either to get me on my cell phone versus my office phone um, in that regards. And, and when they know, when they're confident about your schedule, about where you are and everything, then they're going to set you up for success as well. And, and that is key. And, and if you are a youth ministry leader listening to this, look, the biggest complaint youth ministry leaders get is that they're never there, right? Because your schedule's all over the place, Chris, to right. your point earlier, right? You oh, work yeah. at nights and weekends and stuff like that. That's why it's important to do these types of things so that mm -hmm. they know your schedule, that you know you're going to an off-site meeting or whatnot. Like right. you're not many in pastoral ministry are not going to be sitting in their office all day long, nor should they be. That's not what the church is teaching us that we should be doing, but you have to communicate that, you know, you can't just assume everybody knows that. Uh, and, and sometimes it's a point of tension too, because, you know, some staff do have to be at their office, whether it's a front office staff member working, working the desk or working the phone stuff like that. Uh, so I just think the more that you, you build that bridge of communication, the better off you're going to be for sure. Definitely, definitely. All right, here are a couple more tips. Um, and this comes back from the conversation about lunch, right? Um, the more you build a relationship with your coworkers, the more you invest in trust, the easier, or I shouldn't say easier, but um, the less challenging it will be when miscommunication does happen or when there are difficult things to decide. Um, those things will be a lot easier to, to navigate through because that trust is so huge in, in clear communication, right? Um, I've uh, worked with people before, uh, not on a parish level, but with clients with Marathon Youth Ministry, where there is um, a lack of trust between supervisor and employee. And the employee, instead of going to their supervisor for help, because there's a shortage of resources or time, they'll try to fix it on their own. And even if they're successful or not, if the supervisor finds out, which anytime you're trying to like, pull one on your supervisor, like chances are they're going to find out what that does is they don't care about the end result. They just care of how you got there. If they feel like you lied to them, that you went behind their back, that you were acting kind of sly, it makes them start to wonder what other things are they doing behind my back? So what's essential is building up that trust and that relationship 
so that there are, no matter how bad the situation is, you can go to that person and be honest and, um, and, uh, and, and, and really just resolve it right away. Dude, you like, it's like you described one of my ministry experiences. Like I, I, I was in an, uh, an experience at a parish where we just didn't have the trust. The relationship wasn't there between key people. And my, I didn't feel open to communicate. So I ended up hiding something. Right. And I wasn't trying to be mischievous. I wasn't trying to be bad about it. Uh, but it destroyed, because of course it came out, it destroyed any semblance of our ability to continue to trust and work together. Uh, and it was a small thing, right? It really wasn't, it wasn't trivial. I'm not going to say that, but it had such a, a damning effect that uh, it was almost irreparable. Uh, I wouldn't want any of you to go through that because I've been through that. Uh, and you're right, people always find out you know, so don't yeah. hide, just be open about it. But that's where the being open and having that relationship and, and that communication, those regular meetings are so essential. Yeah. Don't hide anything. Well, and, and, and you know, like it's, that's a advice we give our kids. If we're, if you're a parent, you, you know, that's something you say to your kids, especially as they get older. It's like, if you make a mistake, come to mom and dad, you know, we'll deal with it there. Just don't try to hide it. Right. Because that's when it starts to ask. It's the same thing in work. If you make a mistake, if you have bad news, uh, and, and this is something that both pastors I've worked for have always said to the staff, like if there's bad news, we'd rather hear it from the source than from someone else, right? And that goes back to being caught off guard, not just like, hey, we're having a you know fundraiser, you know, and people are like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. But um, the worst thing in the world is if your pastor or your supervisor um, hears something from a parishioner or from another coworker that involves you and you had the opportunity, like, and let me be clear, you had the opportunity to address it with them, um, then that's gonna definitely erode the trust. So anytime that there's bad news, like be the first to tell them about it. And, uh, and anytime that there's good news, I mean, be the first to tell them about, but you know, there's not as much of a, an issue there, but anytime there's bad news, like be uh, like just, suck up the the fear and anxiety and know that uh that that's the the right approach yeah i remember that there was one time we did a middle school dance that we opened up to a larger group of people uh and we had security things like that uh but it just got out of control we had some issues that night it was a saturday night the pastor was definitely asleep at that point but i didn't call him but i emailed him right away i said boss you need to know this is what happened we'll talk about it on monday but it did not it was a bad situation so we'll we'll work on that for the future but i want you to know for me because even if they didn't see the email till the next day or till monday that effort you know to communicate mm -hmm. you know was went a long way to repair that particular situation uh and and to make it better but yeah that was that was not a fun memory of that middle school dance. Maybe that's now, a story for another time. <laughs> well, I, you know, and I think youth ministers were notorious for that. I mean, I, I think I've shared the fundraiser that I lost $3,200 on before where, um, you know, the business manager came to me and is like, do you know how much you lost? And I, I didn't. And he told me and, <clears throat> and he's like, you're going to tell father white. Right. And I said, I was, and, um, but I, I sat on it for too long and the business manager had to tell because they were going reviewing the budget and 
he he reamed me out so badly <laughs> and later when things calmed down and i said to him well i guess you want to fire me he's like i'm not gonna fire you i just spent thirty two hundred dollars teaching you a lesson but like <laughs> but the conversation came back to the fact that um i had eroded the trust because i didn't feel like i could come to him now in all seriousness here's the thing too like you know it's not always on us as employees but like what came from that specific conversation was, um, you know, Father White in that situation realized that there were things he could work on to be more approachable, right? Because if I have this fear, part of that's on me, right? Part of that's on me overcoming that fear. Um, but as a supervisor, if your staff does not feel like they can approach you, then you have to ask that question of why. And if it's because you lose your temper, if it's because you've overreacted before in the past, then 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 that's something that you might need to work on because you're creating a more difficult situation in that regards um you know i have a i have a wonderful pastor right now who it's great when you do tell him bad news he just he listens <laughs> he processes and then he comes back later um so it, it is a little bit less intimidating and everything but your idea of like shooting off the email you know <clears throat> so that it's in a timely manner is is key and then going back in, in that regards um, is, is important as well. And that kind of leads to just a, a, another point as we're starting to wrap this up too, where it's so important to build, to work on that trust um, and bringing out an outside group or consultant either on your staff retreat. If you do a staff retreat, if you don't do a staff retreat, do a staff retreat so you can do this kind of stuff or an all staff day um, event where you talk about interpersonal communication and better dialogue amongst coworkers and staff, because, you know, and this is not just uh, isolated to the church, but there are so many issues, HR issues that occur. There's so many uh, organizations that are slowed down because of just poor communication and the inability to invest in that trust and, uh, and, and to work towards, um, you know, being on the same page with one another. Um, so, you know, again, um, some great books to check out, Five Dysfunctions of a Team from Patrick Lencioni, uh, Death by Meetings, another Patrick Lencioni book um, right there. Um, John, any recommended resources or uh, tips or things that you would add to this conversation? Well, I just think, you know, it ultimately always comes down to one thing. It comes down to the trust, but the relationships that you have with people and you got to build that up, right? Everything you, you want to have effective internal communication, you have to have that trust and, and, and Everywhere I go, there's always somewhere some in some relationship in the parish where the trust is broken or it's very raw. We've got to figure out a way to address that. And that's one of the perks of having, you know, me coming in to, to do that is I call that I call that out because there's, there's no place for that. There's no time for that, not for the mission of Christ. Right. You know, through the church. And so we've, we've got to name that and fix that because it, it's those raw points of lack of trust, lack of communication that end up being a lot of time, the tipping point that either makes you fail or makes you succeed. And that's why I think it's important to have this conversation, Chris, is because we've got to address that point. Because again, everywhere I go, communication is always an issue and always comes down to trust or often a lack thereof. We've got to figure out ways to build trust within our parish staff, within our parish community. If we can't do that, we're gonna have a hard time fulfilling our mission. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. 
All right. So I, I'm sure I could talk about this, uh, you know, forever, but um, it, again, we'll, we'll link some of uh, the um, podcast episodes where we talk about meetings and just uh, uh, communication and everything. Uh, definitely check out those books from Patrick Lencioni. Um, there's, you, you cannot learn enough about interpersonal communication and, and uh, staff development. So uh, definitely check those out. If you have questions or you want to follow up with us on this topic or any other topic, just shoot us an email at questions at thechurchpodcast.org or go to our website, thechurchpodcast.org. And if you liked this episode or other episodes, we highly recommend that you go to iTunes or Spotify or anywhere this podcast can be heard and give us a, a five-star review. If a 10-star review is available, give us a 10-star review um, and share this with your friends, your family member, your dog, your coworker, anyone who might benefit from this episode. But if you want to connect with John, uh, John, where can they find you? Come visit us at parasuccessgroup.com. Uh, we continue to offer, uh, for those places we can't still travel to, we're offering master classes and webinars as well. Uh, but, but we are able to still travel, you know. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're looking for some training or want to do some things for the entire Paris staff or whatnot, you know, reach out to me and we can chat a little bit more uh, about those opportunities. Awesome, awesome. And if you want to get in touch with me, go to marathonyouthministry.com or all things Marathon Youth Ministry. And uh, for any youth minister or DRE out there, we are offering uh, courses and classes to help you do ministry better for the younger church and their families. So definitely check that out. John, always a pleasure to talk with you. And uh, thank you so much for being John. How you doing, Ronaldo? Uh, without uh, further delay, let me pray for us. All right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this time uh, to talk about uh, trust. And Lord, uh, I know we talked about trusting one another and communicating with one another, Lord, but we also need to spend time trusting you. And uh, I pray that uh, not only as individuals, but as staffs, we can, we can pray to you. We can uh, spend time talking with you, Lord, and, and building that trust because there will be times where you ask us to do things that are a little scary, are a little challenging, but God, we know that they lead to your glory. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you so much for our coworkers, our pastors, our staff members, our parishioners, our volunteers. Thank you so much for bringing us into a community that we call church and loving us unconditionally. In your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.